You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Why don't we thank the band as well? And they do a great job every week, week in, week out. Um, good to be here with you tonight. Um, I don't know, is anyone a little bit cold here this, tonight? Who's, who's a summer person here rather than a winter? There, they're my people. We're going to go to Kmart after, get one of those $10 heaters and we're all going to rug up. Um, I hate winter, it's too cold for me. Um, if you guys don't know me, my name's Mitch. I've been coming here about 17 years now. Um, I'm turning 28 at the end of the year, um, so I'm still considered one of the young, cool, hip people. So hopefully you guys enjoy what I have to say tonight. But I'm really excited to be here and share something that's been on my heart for a little bit too. I just want to start with a Bible verse found in Acts 13. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So tonight we're going to continue our series used by God and how God used different individuals in the Bible for extraordinary things. Tonight we'll be looking and analysing the person of King David. And so to really prepare for my sermon tonight, I really got into it. I actually, I found a time machine and I grabbed the camera and travelled back in time. So if we look to the screen, we can see a bit of a photo of uh, David and Goliath back in the day. Um, so... We can see David the shepherd boy straight out, um, just straight in ready to fight. And then we see Goliath there looking big out of his six-month bulk, looking ready to fight the Israelites. Um, So that's just kind of to get you in the framework for this sermon. Um, Yes, good, good, good. Uh, David is one of my favorite people in the Bible because he is the perfect example of someone who didn't have it all together, who made mistakes, who stuffed up, but was still used by God for extraordinary things. And at the end of the day, thousands of years later, was still referred to by Paul as David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. David is one of these people that when we talk about people who did extraordinary things, we think of him. The most famous story, obviously, David and Goliath. We've all heard of it. Um, it's actually a, prop, uh, a saying in like football matches, a David versus Goliath type of situation. Very famous. Um, but he also killed lions and bears as a shepherd boy. He had the ability to play the harp so well that it drove away evil spirits. He moved the Ark of the Covenant, the holy relic of the Jewish religion, to Jerusalem. He established Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. He was known as Israel's first great king. He wrote many of the Psalms, won many battles, and Jesus was a direct descendant of David. But what was it about David that allowed him to be used for such amazing things? Well, I'm glad you asked. Tonight, I want to spend a little time talking about how David's character and attitude in life allowed him to be used by God in extraordinary ways. And as Acts 16, uh, 13 says, he will do everything I want him to do. And I want to talk about how as us, as followers of Christ, can position ourselves and develop our character to be used by God in extraordinary ways as well. Faithful in the small. David was faithful in the small. And by faithful, I mean loyal, integral, and steadfast. Throughout David's life, we can see examples of him being faithful in the small with what was given to him by God. From the start of David's story, He was a shepherd boy working in his father's field, a meek and mild beginning for someone who was going to be the future king of Israel. In 1 Samuel, uh, David talks about his time as a shepherd to Saul. He says, whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it and rescue the lamb. And if the lion and a bear had a go at me, no different, I killed it. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I was looking after my father's flock and a lion or a bear came to steal a sheep, I'd be like, you know, it is what it is. This is how life is sometimes. I ain't chasing after no lion or bear for some sheep. 
And what would have David fought, fought the bear with? A stick, maybe a small knife. Not a chance. I would not be getting that much trouble. But not David, though. David was faithful with his father's sheep, with integrity. He shepherded them well, and he was faithful with what was given to him. We also see this when Samuel comes to visit Jesse. Um, God had told Samuel that I, I've rejected Saul as king because he's disobedient to me, and to visit Jesse because I've chosen one of his sons to be king. So when Samuel arrives to Jesse's house, Jesse shows off all, the elder, all of his elder sons, big, tall, strong-looking lads, and Samuel's thinking, sure, it must be one of these. But God's like, no, 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 don't look at the outward appearance. I want to see the heart. And so Samuel goes, do you have any more sons? None of these are the one. And then Jesse goes, well, there's my youngest. He's out, he's out in the field looking after my sheep. Samuel says, bring him here, bring him here. I want to see him. And eventually, you know, he came in and was anointed as king of Israel. But where was David when the next king of Israel was being anointed? Was he there at the forefront? No, he was behind. He was in the, shield, in the field looking after his father's sheep. He was being faithful what was given to him. Luke 16 says, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large. As most of you know, I'm a nurse, um, and recently I've gotten a job in the ED department uh, where I wanted to end up, and so saving lives on a daily basis is just what I do. I'm just no, no hero over here. Um, but it wasn't always like that. Um, a couple of years ago, before I finished my studies, I was an assistant nurse, and what assistant nurse is, it's basically the bottom of the rung. They used to do all the feeds, all the cares for the patients, showering them, cleaning them, all that type of stuff. And... Um, that's what I did, and not to float my own boat, but I was a good one the nurses liked when I was on because I'd just get in, get it done, not cause dramas, get in, get my stuff done, and then go home, and it really gave the nurses a hand. But at the time of my third year of uni, 2020, so we're thinking the beginning of COVID, every shut, everything's shutting down, um, all the surgeries, all the elective surgeries, like your shoulder reconstructions and non-serious surgeries were cancelled. They were just stopped for, for the fear of COVID, and a lot of nurses' hours were cut, so much so when I finished my nursing degree, only two out of every 10 nurses that graduated got jobs. Um, and to put that in perspective, my fiance Sky's just graduated and she got offered six different jobs. So I don't know if that's something on me or her, but, um, um, but the thing is, I actually got a job that year and I applied for six different jobs and got rejected by all of them, except the one that I was working at um, because they saw how I worked, how I worked hard, how I related to people, and they're like, well, we want to keep you on as a nurse because we know you're a hard worker and we know you're good. And so that's kind of my story of being faithful in the small. And now I've been, faithful, I've been rewarded by being faithful in the big as a nurse now. Psalm 78 says, He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens, from tending sheep to be the shepherd of his people. And David shepherded them with the integrity of his heart. With skillful hands, he led them. David's faithful in the small allowed him to be positioned to be faithful in the big. God used his loyalty and integrity, developed from his days as a shepherd, and used him for extraordinary things when he was kid, king of Israel. And this actually makes me think, looking at David's life, what small things do I have in my life that I may or may not be faithful in? Am I faithful in my work? Do I work hard with integrity? Am I faithful with my finances? Am I a good steward with what God has given me? Am I faithful in my relationships that I have around me, with my friends and family? Do I seek to bring life, encouragement and support to those relationships? Or do I take more than I give? Am I positioning myself to be faithful in the small so God can trust me with being faithful in the big? And how as a church are we positioning ourselves to be used by God? Are we being faithful with what God has given us? Because God won't trust us with the big things if we can't be stewards with the small. Matthew 25, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So just a bit of a thought. How many times or how many things has God given you that you've shelved and you've just put on the back burner? Maybe you have dreams and desires in your heart that you feel like are from God, but you haven't done and looked after what God has given you in the now and then. Position yourself to be faithful in God so that you can be used like David to do extraordinary things. Humility. David was the perfect example of someone that was humble before the Lord. No matter his position in life, he gave glory to God. He saw no reason to exalt himself, but God exalted him anyway. He gave glory to God, and he readily dismissed opinions about him. He readily dismissed others' opinions about himself and relied on what God thought of him. Humility allows us to submit and surrender to God. When we acknowledge that apart from God, we can do nothing, it allows God to use us. David began his journey as an unassuming shepherd boy who was humble of heart. Fast forward a couple of years, Saul is running after David. David's hidden in a cave somewhere. And Saul is chasing him down with a few thousand men. And Saul so happens to stop in a cave, a cave that David's hiding in. It's a very unlikely situation, but it happened. And so Saul stopped in there just have a bit of a toilet break. And at this stage in David's life, he knew he was going to be the next king of Israel. And all that was stopping him was Saul. All that was in his way was Saul. And at this moment in this cave, David had the chance to kill Saul and take the throne. Even all of David's men were saying, this is the day of the Lord spoke of. I will give your enemy into your hands, urging David to kill Saul. However, David rebuked his men and said, the Lord forbid that I do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. David wasn't seeking self-promotion or trying to do things in his own way, but he trusted in God and his plan. David knew that he was anointed to be the next king, to do extraordinary things for God. But David was humble enough to let God promote him and not elevate himself. Another example of David's heart of humility is when the Ark of the Covenant returned to Jerusalem. David can be seen dancing in the streets in clothing that may have not been considered royal attire, dancing, frolicking with commoners in the streets in a very unking-like way. But David did not care. His only thoughts were on God and was overwhelmed with joy when the Ark returned. Now his wife, um, Michiel, that I have trouble pronouncing, who was one of Saul's daughters, said, look how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in view of everyone like some degenerate would. Now, Michal, being Saul's daughter, very well understood how kings should act and dress and behave around others. However, um, and, uh, and fellas, if, if your girlfriend and wife, and I know this because I'm getting married soon, if your girlfriend or wife is saying, hey, don't wear that in public, don't act like that in public, you're going to embarrass yourself. Maybe listen to her, maybe she knows a bit. But not David, though. <laughs> Amen. He, he said, it was before the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord, and I, even I will become more undignified than this. David's mind was not on others' concerns or opinions, but on God's. Before the Lord, David's humble heart shined. It allowed God to use him for extraordinary feats, submitting himself to God and not man. David gave glory to God in all things. God was David's strength and gave him courage, peace, and confidence. David wanted to build a temple for God. It was on his heart to do so. However, God said, no, I don't want you to do it. I don't want a man of war to build my temple. Your son will do it. And David was okay with that. Even when God denied him building the temple, David could be seen said straight after, how great you are, sovereign Lord. There is none like you. There is no God but but you. Right after he was denied his dream, 
building the temple, to build a house for his best friend. When was the last time you praised God after he said no? When was the last time you said to God, I have all these plans and desires, and God said, no, not now, or no, this isn't happening. But such was the heart of David, and this heart allowed David to be used by God. Now, humility is a hard point, because you can't really say, I'm humble. I'm the most humble even, because it's not humble to say you're humble. So it's a bit of a tricky one, you contradict yourself. But I think a lot of us here would think that we're pretty humble in ourselves. We think we're pretty humble people. I think in Aussie culture, we like to be humble and the tall poppy syndrome and all that stuff. But how often do we try and make things happen in our own strength, trying to force an issue? But when we don't allow room in our life for God to move, we don't leave space for God to work. What issues are going on in your life at the moment that maybe you need to let God deal with, that you need to take a back step and say, hey, I'm going to let you deal with this, God? Looking at David's humility, I'm constantly asking myself, am I humble with my walk with God? Do I care more about others' opinions about me or God's opinion? Am I seeking self-promotion and seeking self-elevation? Or am I relying on God to use me for extraordinary things? Jesus says in John, forever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's important for us to position ourselves to submit to God and his ways and allow him to elevate ourselves to do extraordinary things through us. Now, David also had a heart of repentance. If not his most important characteristic, David lived a life of repentance. And now, when the Bible talks about repentance, we have our own idea of what repentance means. We think, we think sobbing and crying and sorrow, which can accompany repentance. But what repentance basically means is, I was going this way, and now I've repented, and I'm facing this way. And in the Bible context, it's, I've turned to face to God. And so, and this was the main difference between Saul and David. Um, Saul sinned, disobeyed God, and turned away from him. And then God said, you've sinned, you're not my anointed anymore. Whereas when David sinned, stuffed up and went his own way, his soul was crushed. He mourned. He sought reconciliation with God. He was upset that he had broken relationship with God. David took steps to change and to repent. We see this when David is on his balcony, sees Uriah's wife, She's looking beautiful. He decides, I want her, invites her up, takes her for himself. And when she gets pregnant, invites Uriah back home. Uriah says, no, I'm going to stay with my men. And so David decides to cover up the pregnancy by sending Uriah to the front line to be killed. And so Uriah is killed. And then Nathan comes and confronts David. He says, there's a story that goes on. And Nathan says, you're that man that that killed Uriah. And so what does David do? Does he make excuses for his wrongdoing? Does he try hide? Does he try and say, I don't care? No. He hopped on the floor and said, I've sinned against the Lord. And then David goes on to write Psalms 55 in relation to this. In repentance, it reads, Have mercy on me, O Lord, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from sin. Cleanse me and create in me a new heart. When we see David crying out to the Lord in repentance, he realizes that he has done wrong and repents. He sought repentance and right standing with God his whole life. David confessed his sins, received forgiveness from God, and knew God would still use him. David stuffed up and always repented and turned back to God. So, as most of you know, I'm a big soccer fan, as well as a lot of people in the room. Support the Lord's team, the Manchester United, even though they have a devil on their flag, it might be a bit contradictory. 
But I played soccer when I was a kid. I played up until the age of 12. And then I had to hit retirement, just ridden with injury my whole career. Um, and then the fans wanted me back, so I came out of retirement at about 24. Um, I had to listen to the fans. And so I usually played as a goalkeeper, um, but because it was Div 4, nothing serious. Um, a lot of the time I played up front as a striker or a winger. And if you know me well, if you know me for any period of time, you know I'm a bit of a stirrer. I like to get a reaction out of people. I like to be a provocateur and um, get reactions out of people. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'll leave that for you to decide. But there was this one game I was playing, I was up front, and there was this really tall, lanky defender, and I was just like mailing off at him, saying, oh, make sure a gentle breeze doesn't pick you away, or I thought there was a weight limit to play in this league and stuff and all that, and just really having to go at him. And I think I was really getting under skin because he was getting real mad at me doing some dirty challenges. And then it was about halfway through the first half and he turns to me and he says, at least I don't have a receding hairline. <laughs> that got me. That cut me deep. Here I am, 24 years old, being told I have a receded hairline. Um, and that really got to me. That cut me. And I, I think I'm a fairly confident young fella, and there's not many things that can get under my skin, but that got me bad. And that's all I could think about for the, for the rest of the half, and then got to half time. Captain's giving this talk, and all I can think about, man, I've got to find a mirror, I've got to check if my hairline's receding. And I've, no, I've got the peaks going up there, but I don't think I'm receding. And then the whole second half, I'm playing winger, and I, I played like garbage, played like trash. All I could think of was this comment. I had no focus on the game. I just couldn't think about it. And I went home later, and I saw Sky, and I was like, oh, do you think I've got a receding hairline? And she was like, oh, well, you are getting a bit older and stuff. So I was like, didn't get any reassurance there either. And, um, but the point of the story um, is that this guy said something, and I'd lost focus on the game. It really got to me. And I'd lost focus, played like garbage, because I was focused this way on the game, and now I was focused on this comment. And much like us in life, sometimes... You know, we can just be going through life and we've lost focus on God, whether we've sinned or you know, life just gets busy. We've, gone, we've been going this way following God, but something's just taken our vision and it's gone that way. Acts 3, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. David's heart of repentance is he was why he was called a man after God's own heart. Whenever David stuffed up, he'd always seek repentance and relationship with God. And if we go back to Acts 13, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David could be used by God to do everything God wanted him to do because he had a repentant heart. God would always sought to do God's will. David always sought to do God's will and repent whenever he did wrong. And uh, if we can get the band up. And that's the importance of repentance. Not that we do wrong, because we all do wrong. We've all done the wrong thing. We've all made mistakes. We've all broken relationships. We've all thought what we've done is right. But what is, is important is our response. Do we hide or do we make excuses for ourselves? Do we turn to God? Do we repent? Do we ask for forgiveness? Or do we continue going down that road of destruction? Having a repentant heart like David positions ourselves and our heart to be used by God. Because when we turn to God face him and acknowledge him we're setting ourselves up to be used like him just like David how often do we lose sight of God getting caught up in our own issues our own lives I do all the time 
I'm constantly having to realign my focus to God. It doesn't help that I have ADHD, but, um, but we all live busy lives, but it's important to always recite yourself on God. Remembering what's important and what we're living for. Whenever I go to work, I always play worship music to refocus myself. Even though I may have not sinned in the day, um, sometimes I'm still not focused on God. So whenever I get in my car, I'm always playing worship music to refocus my mind on God before I go about my day. God was able to use David for extraordinary things, not because he was perfect and without fault, but because he was humble of heart, not relying on his own strength to exalt himself. He knew God's plan to make him king and trusted in God. He was humble before God in front of others, despite ridicule. He was faithful in the small, starting as a shepherd boy for his father's sheep. Shepherding with integrity, he was faithful in the small, so God promoted him to be faithful in the big. Trusting him as king of Israel, and for the most part, led with integrity and honesty. David's repentant heart allowed him to turn back to God when he sinned. He sought reconciliation and forgiveness, and when he realized he had done wrong, he always came back to him. These qualities allowed God to use David for extraordinary things and be called at the end of the day, a man after my own heart. David began, began his story by honouring God in Samuel 17 by saying the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and finished his reign honouring God in First Chronicles. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Um, in a little bit of a moment, we're just going to have another time to worship God. And David often turned to worship through his life as a way of connecting and returning back to God. And tonight I want to give you the opportunity to receive prayer where you're at tonight as we lead into worship. Maybe you've felt called by God in the past for extraordinary things just like David was. Maybe God has placed something on your heart, a dream, desire. But maybe you feel like you haven't been faithful in the small. Maybe you haven't been a good steward of what God has given you. Maybe you've been trying to do things in your own strength, not humbling yourself before the Lord. Or maybe you've just been going your own direction for a while. You've lost sight of God. You've been doing your own thing. God's taken a back step. We've all been there. We've all had to realign our sights on God. But tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge this, just between you and God, to make a decision to be more faithful in what God's given you, the small, like a shepherd, be faithful in the small. Or maybe you need to be a bit softer to God in His voice and be humbled a little bit before God and have a, maybe you need a heart of repentance to return your sights on God. Life's gotten busy, you've done some things and you just need to realign yourself with God. Thank you for listening to this podcast.